Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woach. And I'm Walt. Welcome to Week Zero. We're here. We have games, Wall. This Saturday, it's coming. We got five of them. Are you pumped? Pretty pumped, Woj. Week zero. It's Christmas week. I mean, next week's actually the real Christmas, Woj. But, hey, let's get excited. We're going to watch some football on Saturday. You know, no more watching reruns of uh, what I don't. I can't even think of a TV show off the top of my head, Woj. What do people watch these days? <laughs> this, it's going to be good, Wall. It's, we got week zero. We got football. Listen. The Big Ten is starting it off this year. We got Nebraska at Illinois. How about that? That's that's pretty cool. We got first game of the year, Big Ten showdown. Not a very good one, but still a showdown wall nonetheless. It's a good one when there's college football on the TV, Woj. Get your you know, get your ruffles and your beer ready, baby. College football's coming. All right. Few housekeeping things before we get into the games this weekend. Uh, we are doing the DraftKings League again, like we talked about. This week, we're going to do the Saturday three-game slate, which is the Hawaii-UCLA-Connecticut-Fresno State-Nebraska-Illinois game. Uh, we are going to do our year-long contest again. Uh, the winners of the, the league uh, will get some WWCFB swag, some uh, Wojen Wall College football swag, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and there will be two winners at the end of the year as well, overall points. Um, overall points which is the new one over the best over eight weeks of the season so you just need your eight best and then average placement like we did last year uh over eight weeks of the season so your best placements their best eight placements uh that you placed in during the contest you were in uh well i think we're going to give some swag away on possibly a weekly basis too yeah i think that's the plan Woj, but uh this week, this is just all going to, everything's going to be practice this week, I think, Woj, right? Week zero is a practice week. So maybe maybe we'll tease and we'll, uh, we'll tell them what we're doing next week. Yeah, this is, this is just practice week. So we're getting getting our feet wet, getting back into it. Uh, feel free to do some money, DraftKings. I'm going to get in some this week. Uh, I'm kind of excited for this, this little slate we got going on. But like we talked about, right off the bat, we got Nebraska at Illinois, 12 p.m. on Fox Wall. Illinois, baby, we can't bet on it, but it's a Big Ten game, so it's going to be fun to watch. For those of you that can bet on it, those of you out of the state of Illinois, just a reminder to the Rundown Nation, Woj and I are both from the state of Illinois. In Illinois, you cannot bet on Illinois collegiate athletics, so we don't have this option. But for those of you that do, Illinois is getting seven points in this one, plus 215 on the money line with an over-under of 55 vote 55 that's a low one but it's the big 10 right it is the big 10 honestly that, that it's pretty low but for the big 10 I, for the first game out of the stretch i don't know it's, it's okay i like it there's still some points to be had in this one wall there is and i'm guessing nebraska's gonna get some of those points that's my guess if i had to put some money on it well you know brett bielema is now the coach over at illinois i'm not a big brett bielema fan bielema fan um, he, he likes to run the ball wall, which is kind of your smash mouth football. You like that, right? I do. I like that kind of football. That's what I like to watch. I mean, Illinois though, you, you got to have a good offensive line, a good running back, and you do have to set up, you know, some play action passes to keep the defense honest. And I don't know if, you know, Illinois has one of those three things. So I don't know that it'll necessarily be a good running game to watch, but in general, yeah, which I like to watch them down in the trenches. The big hog mile is go to war. 
I think a lot of this game is going to be won down there as well. Uh, and you mentioned Illinois and a running back, and I think they do have a serviceable running back in Chase Brown. Uh, this week on DraftKings, he's 5,000. Uh, we know Brett Bielema likes to run it. Uh, last year, he hit 28.2 points in DraftKings versus Nebraska. Uh, 5.3 yards per carry on 104 carries in eight games last season. Well, that's not too bad. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, Woj. I mean, I guess maybe I underestimate Mr. Brown over there. My apologies to him. But again, you know, you got to go back to the offensive line, what he gets in front of him. So that remains to be seen, Woj. You want to put a little bit of a chunk of change on him, put him on your roster, be my guest. I'm not saying he's a bad runner. I'm just saying look out for that offensive line. Yeah, the one side note here, too, with that is Chase Hayden. And I, I don't know much about Chase Hayden, but... He looks to be in the backup role right now, and he is now reunited with Bielema after originally be committing to Bielema at Arkansas in 2017. So I don't know if there's some bromance going on there, if Bielema's got something for Hayden, Hayden's got something for Bielema, but uh, just something maybe to watch out for. Maybe get some extra carries that he shouldn't just because they got that bromance going on, but uh, it's just something I see Bielema doing. Uh, on the other side of the ball wall, we got Nebraska. And the thing about it is Marquis Stepp just transferred there from USC. Decent running back from USC, nothing special. But it looks like he's getting beat out by two true freshmen in Seven Morrison and Gabe Irwin. Um, Morrison's 3,000 on DraftKings, and Irwin is uh, 4,100. Again, both true freshmen, so don't know shit about them. But Eleanor gave up 230. 30.1 rushing yards per game last season. That's 117th in the FBS. That's terrible. So their defensive line, I can I can tell you all right now, their defensive line is pretty bad. Well, it, yeah, that sums up the rest of their team too. But, I mean, what would, I think the crapshoot you're taking here, and what would worry me from a DraftKings standpoint, I don't know necessarily worry me from putting a wager on the actual game itself, you know, as far as taking one side or the other. What would worry me for DraftKings is, I just I don't know who Mr. Frost is going to put back there, you know, behind Martinez to get the ball, because like you said, two freshmen. Yeah, they are winning the battle. But hey, man, freshmen, they can get rattled real easily, real quick. So you want to take one of those two guys, be ready for them to get two or three carries and then sit on the sideline the rest of the game. That's a little bit worrisome to me, Woj. Yeah, what a shit coaching game. You got Brett Bielema on one side and Scott Frost on the other. Wow. <laughs> Scott Frost did make oh. one good move, Wall. He made one good move, and he put Adrian Martinez back at the quarterback spot. He is 6,800 on DraftKings this week. Uh, and you know what? We're going to need a cheaper option at quarterback this week. Uh, in a three-game slate, it's kind of tough when you want to pick up some of those players you know are going to do good, and we'll get to those guys later, but... Listen, Adrian Martinez is the next cheapest option next to Brandon Peters from Illinois, and we know we're not picking him. Uh, the UConn quarterbacks are below him, but UConn hasn't picked who they're going to start at quarterback yet, So, and it's UConn, so I don't even want to start that. They didn't even play game in 2020, Wall, with COVID, so I, I'm just going to stay away from UConn altogether. But the implied points show there's, there's fantasy points here, and with a dual-threat quarterback like Martinez at 6,800, I like that. I, I don't think it's that bad. Only two games out of seven where he didn't score on his feet last year, um, which, again, you're talking six points instead of the four points for passing. Six points is a lot better. Um, you know, 
I just like him in the situation where I can then spend that money on some other people later on in this uh, in the uh, DraftKings when we go over people like on Fresno State. Uh, who's going to be on our next next slate here? We got Connecticut at Fresno State, 1 p.m. on CBS wall. Hey, not two teams that we get to talk about very often, so it'll be a little exciting talking about these guys. But hey, man, they're playing on CBS. These guys are going to be fired up for this game, Woj. Whoa, (laughs) look at that. I mean, you got to remember, we talk about these big name, big program teams week in and week out because that's what people like to hear about. But when you get a team like Connecticut and Fresno State playing on CBS, I mean, that's these guys' season right there. That's where they're going to be seen. I mean, nerves are going to be on the line. Jitters are going to be on the line. But I I have to say, Fresno State is hugely favored to win this game, Woj. They're Laying 27 and a half. You got to lay 27 and a half if you want these guys over under sitting at 62 and a half. Obviously, money line is off in most books, or you're getting crazy amount of money there. So, I mean, remember how excited these kids are going to be to play when you're doing DraftKings or wagering. Either way. I mean, UConn's used to being probably CBS, but for basketball, while not football. Yeah, that's a they good are, point. Yeah. They, they are terrible at football. Like I said, we don't even know anything really about the situation that's going on over there because they didn't play a game in 2020. Um, so that we have to go back to 2019. Undecided quarterback situation. Looks like they're going to get romped. The implied points for DraftKings at least is 45.25 for Fresno State, 17.75 for UConn. So at least they're giving them some points. Uh, maybe a couple touchdowns there, but Right off the back, we got about to talk about Jake Harner, the quarterback for Fresno State. He's the most the most expensive player on DraftKings in the slate at 9,700, and for good reason. They are the most highest implied point, and he had 17 TDs in six games last season. Three of those were on the ground. Now, don't get me wrong, he's not a big-time dual-threat quarterback. He does run the ball, but half of his games are negative yards. So he's more of that pocket guy where if he needs a scramble, he will. Um, You know, the thing about it is, is he bring back, he bring back, he brings back, excuse me, his full complement of wide receivers that he had last year. And he also brings back Ronnie Rivers, his all-star running back, who is one of those guys that catches a lot of passes too. He caught 13.7% of the targets last season, which is tied for second most on the team. So, uh, you know, he has a lot of weapons there that he's used to. So not a not a bad idea to pick him up. And that's what I was talking about with the uh, Adrian Martinez is you can pick up a guy that's cheaper so you can allow yourself to get one of these guys. Well, isn't that a good idea? Hey, well, I like your idea. I mean, you're the DraftKings man. I'm not going to shove it in your face unless I really think you're wrong. It's an expensive price tag from what I see week in and week out. But I there's definitely a lower player pool this this week, right? You have less of a choice of players yeah. as of normal for us. You don't have the options uh, that you, you would normally have. Like, you can't find those big-time sleepers. And obviously, hey, listen, first week of the year or first couple weeks of the year, you got to pay attention to that news feed. You should be paying attention to it all year, but especially this first couple weeks because, really, you don't know who's playing. We already talked about UConn not even sure of who the quarterback's going to be four days before the game starts. So, um, you know, you never know. you got to watch that news feed. But. We talked a little bit about Ronnie Rivers there, their star running back, and he is. He's really good. He's at 7,800 on DraftKings. If you're going to spend money, and you should spend money on this game because it's got a lot of implied points, uh, this is the play. And you might not take Herner, the quarterback. I would take Ronnie Rivers for sure. Uh, He's 1,900 cheaper 
and he's more productive fantasy-wise in DraftKings. Uh, like I talked about, 13.7% of the targets, which I think he ties him for second most targets in the in, in the uh, in the Fresno State organization there, and he runs the ball a lot too. Oh, he had uh, over the first five games of the stretch of last season, he had 32.86 average DraftKings points wall. Uh, while their quarterback, who is that 9,700 price tag, only at 27. So, again, this is the play. If you want to save a little bit of dough here and you want to get into this game, this is it. Uh, they're a big favorite, lots of implied points. Another key point here, and this is from watching the news just lately, right before we went live talking about this wall. Josh Kelly, the wide receiver from Fresno State, is 4,400. Just beat out Zane Pope as the starting gig this year. Zane Pope is like... He's 6,700 right now on DraftKings. So uh, big deal here. Watch this one. Don't pick up Zane Pope. Uh, ended the season strong with 24 targets. Uh, Jalen Coper is going to still be the top wide receiver there, but he's 7,300. He's a lot more. So this is your value play. You can pick up Rivers and Kelly and get some action in this game without having to take Jay Carner. I like what you're saying here, Woj. It seems like you're pretty targeted at one team. You're targeted on Fresno State. In my mind, what is that telling me? It's telling me you think that Fresno State is going to crush Connecticut because you're getting those points. You really need them to go off, obviously. I don't know, Woj. I, I think if I had to take this game, what I would do personally, as far as wagering side of it, is I would take the uh, over in the first half, Woj. First half over right now is sitting at a 33 and a half. Now, I wouldn't recommend that to someone who's doing your strategy of taking Fresno State because Fresno State's really going to get the majority of those points. So, hey, if you're going to load up your DK roster, your FanDuel roster with a lot of Fresno State players, do not take the over. Do not follow me into this, but you want to actually do the opposite. You want to take the under because you want to hedge yourself a little bit. But let's say you're not doing your strategy, Woj. Let's say you're just straight up picking the game. I'm really looking at the over 33 and a half here. A lot of, you know, first game jitters. It, usually pays off for the offense. The defense isn't ready. They're letting a lot of stuff over the top. So, hey, that's that's what I think I'm going to do in this game as far as wagering, Woj. Yeah, I like that call, Wall, uh, especially since UConn hasn't played a game since 2019. So they'll be really, really jittery, especially being on CBS. Yeah. So uh, I like that play. I like it. It's good, especially like, that goes for almost a, a lot of these games, Wall, early on in the season. The defenses just don't start off strong whereas the offenses can get rolling and things open up. So we move on to our last game of this slate for DraftKings. We'll still talk about some more games after this, but we have the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors at UCLA, while at 2.30 on ESPN. This is going to be an interesting battle, Woj. I mean, two teams really out west. Obviously, depends what you consider Hawaii, but UCLA, Hawaii, it's – UCLA given 18 points. I don't I don't know that we would have seen this a few years ago, Woj. I, I think we would have seen a lot smaller number. Hawaii really is a team that, you know, over the last year or two, they they dropped off the, the total pool. Actually, I'll go back three years. They dropped off the total pool. I remember back in the day when we'd play fantasy, and, man, Woj, you just wanted to eat up everybody on Hawaii's team. You wanted them oh, to be yeah. in your fantasy oh, team. Oh, yeah. I, that's no longer the case, man. They're having some struggles over there. Todd Graham, second-year coaching. We'll see if he gets it turned around. But in this game specifically, UCLA is throwing out 18, man. you got to lay 18 if you want to take UCLA in this one. Over-unders at 70. There's a draft, Kings heaven for you, Woj. 70-point <laughs> over-under. Hawaii plus 300 on the money line. Hey, look at that. Yeah. 
you're you're right wall i mean this is this is that that plus 300 is kind of juicy um but again a lot of points being scored here ucla overall probably a better team uh their quarterback is probably better, which, you know, surprising, right? Well, we're, we're used to Hawaii, and you talked about it. Like, we, we tried to eat up their players. Back in the day, you'd look for a Hawaii quarterback as your number one because all they did was just air it out all day. And they were usually typically pretty good setting NCAA records, right? That's the way I remember it, Woj, unless I'm misremembering. And I remember always our stammer to see who could get the quarterback in Hawaii with the first pick of the draft. <laughs> yeah, but for this game, Top quarterback is definitely got to go to DTR, Doran Thompson-Robinson, quarterback for UCLA. He's at 8500 so he's, I think, the second priciest quarterback. Uh, we had that 9700 price tag from Jake Harner the, uh, from the Fresno State, but it's a little cheaper. Uh, Five-game season last year. Played well. Good fantasy production. Can use his feet. And he also has probably the most productive tight end, if you want to call him up in quotation, tight end wall, and Greg DeLuch, uh, who's 6,000 on DraftKings. And, uh, you know, he, he's a pretty good player. I wouldn't consider him really a tight end wall. He's more of a wide receiver. Would you disagree? No, I mean, but that's what UCLA does. And if you guys go back and listen to our podcast episode, I think it was about the Pac-12, I, I kind of alluded to that fact, that, or actually it was our, our fantasy episode, which I alluded to the fact that UCLA is known for using their tight ends actually wide receivers in a tight end role. Sometimes they'll take that tight end and they'll move them out to a slot receiver on a motion before the play. So yeah, call them a tight end if you want, but you're right, Woj. That's, it's really a wide receiver sitting back there. So, and I don't know what it is with DraftKings and why they did this or why this skipped. Uh, fan duels did not do it as much. The disparity in price is much closer, but Delich, uh, who is considered the tight end for UCLA, is 6,000 on DraftKings, and Kyle Phillips is the wide receiver for UCLA, probably their top one. I know their top one. He's 7,000, so a $1,000 difference there. And they basically share targets, but the thing about it is, is Deluch had more yards per uh, yards per catch last year, yards per target. That's a big one, yards per target, especially in point per reception. And as well as five more TDs than Phillips last year in a seven-game stretch. So I, I don't understand why that's different like that. Uh, DTR is still the same quarterback as he was last year. So I, Deluch is going to get most of the targets. I would take him over Kyle Phillips. You could take Kyle Phillips, too, if you want. Wouldn't suggest it. But um, that 6000 price tag is juicy. I'm probably going to have him on all of my rosters just because I know how good that combo is. Uh, on the weekend let's talk about another transfer talk about michael step earlier going to nebraska we got zach carbonette well i gotta screw somebody's name up at least once in a podcast but he's the he's the running back from michigan that transferred to ucla and he's 5300 on DraftKings this week did i say it right well hey you gotta get with the french inner woj carbonet woj Zach Charbonnet. Car Carbonnet. 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 Okay. Charbonnet. Well, come on. Hey, this guy's the man, though. You, we can't say that about him. We got to give him a strong accent, like Chevronet, because this guy runs it down your throat. Well, he transferred over from Michigan. I don't know what the deal was with him and Harbaugh, but he was a really good running back. I actually had him on my team two years in a row for our fantasy league. He just he never got the ball. He never got in the right situation. You go back to Harbaugh, probably not coaching the perfect game like he should every time for as much as he gets paid over there but 
him and Charbonnet must have had some problems. Charbonnet got out of there. Probably the right decision. Man, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do on this UCLA football team. But he's got some com- competition, no? Yes, he does. That's the issue here. I, I like Carbonet in this. I, I like whatever UCLA throws at him because Hawaii's past or run past is pretty good, but the run D is not very very good at all. Uh, Britton Brown is his competition over at UCLA, and he's 5600. So even DraftKings hasn't really panned out who's going to be the starter over there fully. But I think it's going to be more of a, a shared carry type of situation. But you just mentioned it. We know he's good. He's got the goods. Put him in there, score some touchdowns. That's what I'm saying, Wall. So I don't mind him at 5,300 if you want to take a gamble, especially in a tournament play. Probably not a 50-50 play, but in a tournament play, I would take a gamble on him for sure. A couple other running backs, Wall, on the other side of this are Day-Day Hunter. Love that name, by the way. Uh, Hawaii running back at 4,400. And Calvin Turner, uh, who is at 6,700. thing about Turner is he's more of a slot back. And what I mean by that is he's, He's more like a Aeneas Smith from Texas A&M, where he is, he's out there with Hunter at the same time, lined up either in a split back or on a slot receiver. Um, and he's good at it. Calvin Turner is solid at it. Just great fantasy points. They use him well. It's more of a check down thing for, for Hawaii, who runs five wideouts at times. Um and they use them use them well in that fashion as well. Um, so the thing about it is, is Hunter, Day-Day Hunter, is getting the starting job at running back, but that doesn't mean Calvin Turner won't be out there. I know if you see that news, that kind of scares you, especially the price tag being at 4400 for Hunter and 67 for Turner. Um, you know, I, I still think Turner's the play if you're going to pick a Hawaii player over Day-Day Hunter. Um, and I think in most of my matchups, I'm going to have that because I, I think – Hawaii is going to make some plays, make some moves. UCLA is going to have the, the wideouts covered deep, and they're going to be doing a lot of check down slot across the middle stuff with uh, with Calvin Turner. And I think that's where he comes into the mix here, scoring those 25.5 implied points. He's going to get a lot of them all. It makes sense. I was looking over his stats last year. His Hawaii team is not a team I get to watch very often. Which they're on late, man. They're on late. I just can't stay up that late anymore. Even I, I'll be up that late week one, though. Don't get me wrong. But other than that, I can't watch their games every week. So I watch them on, you know, rerun every now and again, replay. But I'm looking at his stats here. He had almost as half as many receptions as he had rushes last year, you know, sitting at 33 receptions. Actually had more than half, 33 receptions and 60 rushes. Yeah, I, I – if what you're saying is true, then yeah, take him. But if you're taking him as a straight up running back, you know, that's I'd kind of shy away from that. Yeah, I would as well. All right, on to our next game. This one is not part of that slate where we'll be playing, but it is a game nonetheless, and it's football. It's UTEMP at New Mexico State Wall, 8.30 p.m., the night game. Yeah, this is another one where, the, you know, you got a New Mexico State team that – led by a Doug Martin, this team is going to come out fired up. This is their chance to shine. You know, we only got four, I think, five games on Saturday, actually. And, you know, they're one of the five games. They're going up against UTEP. Obviously, New Mexico State's going to be a big underdog. UTEP's given a nine and a half right now. Over under in this game is 57 and a half. New Mexico State's sitting at plus 275. The reason I would kind of want to talk about this game is because if you're going to take your shots, I mean, I'm not going to be laying much money this week, Woj. You just, you know, I don't see much, 
I don't see much value in any of these lines, to be honest with you. But if you're going to take your shot right here, maybe you take your shot. New Mexico State on the money line, plus 275. Hey, go for it, man. Shoot big. Doug Martin, I, I really respect that coach. He's only, you know, since they moved, I don't can't remember what year they moved to uh, be an independent, which is probably, what, 10 years ago now? Somewhere I, I around there. I would say it would be at least 10 years ago, Wall. Yeah, they, they moved to be independent right around the time he got there. Ever since then, I mean, they've been struggling. It's it's tough to get your program to move from, at the time it was AA, from move to AA up to the, you know, the Bull Series. So I think they're moving in the right direction. I just think that this is their chance throughout the season to beat a team that's, you know, favored, but a UTEP team that's really not all that great. You know, they're going to go to San Diego State after this. They're probably not going to win that one. You know, New Mexico after that, their rival and, that's uh, another one they're not going to win. So just I think this is their chance. If they're going to make a statement, this is the game they're going to do it. And also, I mean, first to second game of the season, you got some jitters like we talked about. We alluded to a couple times, you know, take the dogs, man. Take the dogs. The jitters might be on the favorite. And then, hey, you got yourself a plus 275. You're starting your year pretty good. Yeah, um, I agree. And, you know, there's some people to watch on UTEMP. Uh, Jacob Cowing, the wide receiver, solid player. Uh, last year, he failed to get 50 yards in only one game, and that was against Texas, where he got 49. Uh, still got four receptions in that game. So he's a good player for them. Uh, they do have some talent there, especially with DraftKings, too. I mean, for instance, North, uh, North they played North Texas for the last game of the year. 31.8 points he got that game in DraftKings. Uh, five receptions for 118 yards and two TDs. Uh, end of the season strong with three TDs in his last two games there. Uh, the guy's not a bad player. He's a good player. Uh, just someone to look out for, especially if you're going to play that single game on DraftKings. Uh, he's going to be definitely one of those guys you're going to want on your team well. Hey, I'll take your word on that, Woj. Again, I'm not going to lie. UTEP's not a team that I get to watch much either. You know, usually they're playing against New Mexico, and that's really the only time I get to watch them occasionally, Old Dominion or someone like that. But, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about their team. I do know their coach. I know, again, week one, you, you really want to look at the coaches too, Woj, because the coaches are the ones that get them ready to play week one. Throughout the season, the players get themselves into a groove. You know, they kind of come together as a unit on their own. But week one, that's, that's what a coach is there for. And that's why you don't see Alabama drop a, a week one game very often. They got a good coach over there and Mr. Saban. You know, big teams like that, that's how they are. So, you know, look at Dana Dimmel over there. Yeah, so-so, you know, so-so. He's been there for a while, too, probably around 10 years, but he's never been able to get them off the ground either. So it's a head coaching matchup. And this one, I just – I like New Mexico State, Woach. I, I really do. I don't, I'm not going to put big money on it or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But I like New Mexico State kind of for the reasons we talked about. I agree. Another game out there is Southern Utah at San Jose State. They play at 9 p.m. on CS – CBS Sports Network uh, on Saturday night. And then there is one more game on Wednesday of next week. That's UAB at Jacksonville State. That's at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN until we enter the uh, the gates open wall and uh, the glorious light comes down and they, and they greet us. And we, we get great games like Alabama, Miami, and Clemson, Georgia. And it, it turns just bright and beautiful all over the place. Is that heaven wall? It is heaven, Woj. 
It is heaven. And that, that Wednesday game will actually be the first game of the week because the uh, NCAA football rollover starts on Tuesday morning. Generally, there's no official thing, but generally it starts on Tuesday morning. So any games played through Monday or that week, any games played Tuesday and after or the next week. So technically that Wednesday night game will be our first one. But, you know, after I watch UAB Jacksonville State, I'll be getting real excited. They'll be priming me up for some football, Woke. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. We're out.